0: Hey,
1: here we go, what up? what's up? What's up, y'all? This is Jeremiah. What's up? This is Stevo from Jackass. You're listening to Radio DePaul. Radio DePaul. Radio DePaul is Chicago's college connection. Court. Ah! Broadcasting live from our new state of the art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Devils.
0: From DePaul University's University Hall, my name is Noah Festenstein, your host of Money Man Sports Talk, right here on radio.depaul.edu and the Radio DePaul app, Radio DePaul Chicago's College Connection, on behalf of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. My name is Noah Festenstein, and this, once again is Monday name sports talk on until 12 o'clock today right here through the stream waves of radio.depaul.edu and of course the radio depaul app you can check me out on instagram as i post the format every week last week i didn't do it but this week i did and it's a good format you can follow me on instagram at nfestie 97 that's at n-f-e-s-t-i-e 97 And this is what's going to happen today for Sports Talk. To begin the show, I always like to do baseball, so I was going to do some baseball to start off the show for 20 minutes. And then afterwards, I got a uh, a segment that I debuted on the finale of the 2018-2019 fiscal school year, Monday Madness Sports Talk at Radio DePaul Sports. I did a segment called That's Madness. And I wanted to do that segment today because I got three topics I wanted to talk about um, in terms of the X Games. I want to get into some esports today as well, maybe uh, talk about some of that. I was going to say some soccer, but I was actually kind of thinking I wanted to continue the conversation I had last week about the DePaul basketball suspension. So I might get into that as well today. Afterwards that, uh, I want to get into some Bears training camp Uh, this week, Thursday. The Bears' first preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons and also a month away ...from the start of football season, so I want to get a 10-minute segment for that, and then afterwards to conclude the show, I got some UFC and MMA as we had a fight on Saturday during the day, a very good fight between Colby Covington and Robbie Lawler I wanted to get into later on in this show. All right, I'm going to take a break. It's going to be a 30-second break, and when I come back from this 30-second break... Uh, I want to play the audio from Jason Hayward's solo home run from yesterday's ball game. You're listening to that of Monday Man of Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festing. Only back in 30 seconds, so stay tuned. <gasps> I dropped my phone on the tracks. I better go get it.
1: Stop. Stay off the tracks. The rails of the CTA have 600 volts of electricity moving through them, which is the same amount as a full-grown South American electric eel. That danger doesn't even include the 30-ton train moving upwards to 55 miles per hour, heading towards you like a bull on a mission. The situation will feel like you got hit by both thunder and lightning. You can live without your cell phone for a few minutes, so don't risk it. Stay behind the blue platform edge and relax. This message was brought to you by Radio to Paul, Chicago's college connection.
0: All right, we are back, it is Monday, man, a sports talk. Into my baseball segment, we go. I'm going to play the audio from yesterday's ballgame Jason Hayward's solo home run on the first pitch of the ballgame. Here it is.
1: Center! Go on! Two leadoff homers in the series. Tie ball game. That's a man with a plan right there, and he is executing it to perfection. Well, maybe not perfection, but it's been awfully fun to watch.
0: It has been fun to watch. Thank you, um, JD, there on the call with Len Casper there. On behalf of Chicago Cubs... Um, thank you to MLB for that audio. um you know, I, I've I've had this conversation many times before about Jason Hayward um, and his growth growth as as a Chicago Cub. And I've talked about a lot of Cubs, you know, who get who are signed to big time opportunities to be a, a star with the team, such as Craig Kimbrell and Jason Hayward when he was signed in 2016. Um, to, have, to have that sort of impact on your team is very important um and with Jason Hayward having his slow offensive start in his first few years as a cub it's so relieving to see this year him coming around and it's I mean if you think about it this way Jason Hayward had just I mean he was very well taught for his defense everything when when he was being developed as a Chicago Cub and now he's just being developed as a wonderful hitter Um not even that you just look at his base running too. the way he cuts the bases um, he turned a triple yesterday into a stand-up triple because of the way that he's able to cut the bases and then he can turn a single that's near the gap that's supposed to be a single at least and then round the first base um, round first base and make a stand-up double out of it. You know, it's those little things that just separate certain ball players from each other. Is that skill that you have at bat on the field on the base paths? Um, Jason Hayward has that. Um, and I always talk about also. You know, I'm the reason why I play that audio is because the impact of the leadoff guy is very vital. And that was the. That was a key equation for the Chicago Cubs, especially when they were winning a championship in 2016 and Dexter Fowler being their designated leadoff guy, is to now we don't... I mean, the Chicago Cubs don't have that designated leadoff guy. We don't see that as from a fan standpoint, we don't see that for what Joe Madden's making decisions and making the lineup card. There's no consistent leadoff guy. You usually go around. um, I've seen Kyle Schwarber a bunch of times. I've seen Albert Amora a fair amount, Jason Hayward, of course, now recently. And after all of these leadoff guys, I have finally made my decision on what leadoff guy is best. And I really think that it is Jason Hayward. Um, I think Jason Hayward has just the, the capabilities, like I just mentioned, of what a leadoff guy needs. He needs to run the bases better than anyone else, Better, at least better than anyone can, um, because you can't have a guy who leads off an inning or at least leads off a game to start momentum, to start the momentum offensively than a guy who can do damage on the base paths. I think Jason Hayward's is one of those players that's underrated on the base paths. Great, great runner, fast runner, um, does his thing. And it's just fun to watch. Um, like JD said on the broadcast, for my audio is it's fu- you know it may not be for perfection. Of course, nothing's as perfect as you want it in a perfect world. That's not the case. But um, you know you're getting everything you want, and it's fun to watch because you don't know what you can get from guys like Jason Hayward. Um, but that's great because now he's squaring up and alongside with the rest of the team shell as well. Uh, the one thing that is going to back the Cubs up a little bit is the injury of Wilson Contreras. Um, an update on him. He, of course, was yesterday put because um, with the anticipation that he is injured enough, uh, he is being put on the uh, injured list, the 10-day injured list. Doesn't mean that that can't be extended because today um, Contreras is, take, is taking an MRI and, and we're waiting, going to have to wait on that result from the MRI test to see if there's anything serious about it. Regardless, though, um, there's going to have to be some sort of rest period. You might see him take the entire month of August off just to make sure he is as healthy as can be for the crucial month of September, uh, which is what I personally think should happen. Um, I think the Cubs are settled in terms of catchers. It's a little discerning to to realize that only a couple of days after you trade away your backup catcher martin maldonado during the trade deadline that your primary catcher gets injured and is possible that it could be a longer a long-awaited return um and who knows maybe he's injured enough to not Able to come back. I mean, as a catcher and a hamstring injury, being a catcher is probably the one position that can take the longest amount of time for a recovery in terms of a hamstring injury because I don't know how one can how a catcher can squat so much with having to recover from uh, a hamstring injury. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with Wilson Contreras here. The Cubs recalled uh, Taylor Davis from Triple A Iowa, and we'll see how he can. kind of treat this big league level in a crucial still crucial month of August as I have mentioned so let's get into that conversation in terms of standings um, I'm going to access the exact standings on my phone here because it gives me also wild card when I Google the standings on Google it doesn't give you wild card standings so I would recommend downloading the MLB at bat if you want to keep that up to date um, so in terms of standings uh, the Cubs have done very well in the past three games at least I mean with sweeping the Brewers at home after going one for three on the road at Miller Park about a week ago, uh, it's very, very, very important that they can just maintain home field advantage. And the Cubs' home record this season, um, I can get that up on this computer here. the The Cubs' home record this year is actually really good, and I've mentioned it before, and how that can be very well the difference maker when we go down the stretch in the past in these last two months that we're about to see here. Um, so looking at the Cubs. Uh, home record it is 39 and 18 with an away record of 21 and 33 and if the home record can keep up its pace like it is now and the Cubs can you know of course improve on the road and get more wins when two out of three on the road keep up the 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 streak of home of being basically 75 percent above 500 at home the Cubs you know they they have to have that improvement on the road that you know especially with these last two months. The, cru- the more we get closer to October, the more crucial it's going to be to get those types of wins on the road. Road wins are going to be the most important now because it's just at um, a loss or at a lack for the Cubs right now. So making sure that they're on track for that. Um, so let's look at the rest of the NL Central because they got the St. Louis Cardinals who are 58-52, and 52, one and a half games behind the Cubs. Um, played very well against the Cubs at home. But, like I said, with the Cubs, if you know the Cubs are at home, it's not an easy place to play. So, the more home games for the Cubs, the better. But yet, those Hawaii games are going to make the big difference. And then you look at the Brewers who just got knocked down three games because they got swept by the Cubs. Uh, But, of course, last year, if they learned something, they know that they're well, well, well into it still, Uh, alongside with maybe even the Reds, who are fourth in the division. Um, Polar opposite of the Cardinals, who are 52 and 58. The Reds are uh, seven and a half games back in the NL Central. Um, I think without a doubt, I mean, ever since All-Star break, Um, we already know that the NL Central is going to be the most contested division in the the entire league. And I'm interested to see if any other division is going to contest that notion because you go look at the American League divisions, you got a closer division maybe in the AL Central with the Twins and Indians being three games apart, but that's it. You got no other, like, division that has, like, within... The only other division that are within at least seven games that have three teams in the mix are the, as is the NL East. And that's the Braves up top there, seven games on the Phillies and the Nationals, seven games also back. And both the Phillies and Nationals have the same record of 58 and 53. And then you got the Mets who are 55 and 56, 10 games out. So you don't know what's going to happen with that. That's like the, that says a lot when you have to say the closest division to the NL Central is that of a seven game margin. Um, And then you got the Reds who are fourth game, who are fourth in the NL Central and, Seven and a half games back, so I think the Central is just going to continue on for the rest of the season being the most contested division. Um, it's going to be like a teeter tatter unless the Cubs can just keep on winning. Win two out of three games. I mean, three out of the four, three out of four games. Seventy-five percent of the games left uh, should be the essential goal because uh, um, you cannot promise anything when you're only winning fifty percent of the time, especially when you're only nine games above five hundred in a division that has three. And maybe even before a team still in the mix. I mean, the Pirates are the Pirates. I mean, they're 12 games back, and they're already trading. They were traded away Corey Dickerson at the trade line, trade deadline, and to me, that means that like they're kind of throwing in the red uh, the the towel here. Um, so then you look at the other divisions that basically are, are all over with. You look at the NL West. The Dodgers are in front, 17 games on the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're 74 and 40. The only way that they can't make the playoffs probably is to lose. Rest of the games that they have left, um, and then you look at the American League uh, standings. I already mentioned the AL Central, the Twins being only three games margin with the Indians out in front. There, they're 69 and 42 with the Indians being at 66 and 45. Look at the American League, American League East. I got the Yankees out eight games up in front, um, 72-39. They're the best team in the American League East, right? I no, no, they're not actually. Pardon me. They are they have the best they have the least amount of losses, but not the most amount of wins. Um actually, yeah, they are the best team in the American League in, in terms of winning percentage, they're a six forty nine winning percentage and a six forty six percentage of the AL West. Okay, so I've I've talked about the sa- the standings in division, but what we always tend to forget about, or at least amateur baseball fans tend to forget about, which I used to once be. Uh is that of the wild card standings and how vital it is for team for certain teams to lose? And when you're a Chicago Cubs fan like I am, you kind of have to look at the wild card standings because, God forbid, the Cubs just get knocked out of the Central standings and then they have to play the wild card game, which they did last year and unfortunately lost. Um, but look at the standings. Looking at the wild card, the more contested league in terms of the wild card is the National League by far by far, and it's without question, because you look at the American League card standings, the two teams that are atop the wild card standings are Cleveland and Tampa Bay, which Tampa Bay are in front of Boston in their own division, six and a half games, uh, which is very impressive, considering Boston is defending a World Series championship. Um, and then you got the Oakland Athletics, who the Cubs will be playing for the next three games uh, in first play, uh, trying to fit into a card spot, being a half a game back, Right now in the wild card, but wild card spots can change very, very frequently because it's the wild card, there's so many teams that can contest for that spot. Um, and big series for Oakland coming into Wrigley Field the next three games, um, especially against great pitching. Uh, if you look at the pitching matchup, which I'll talk to you actually after I talk about the wild card standings, um, I'll, I'll tease that. I'm going to talk about pitching matchups the next three games in, in just a second here. But looking at the um, National League, I want to talk about why it's so contested in the National League. I, of course, talk about that there's already three teams in the mix um, in the NL Central, which means that there's also three teams in the mix for wild card standings. And I already talked about the Reds, who are sort of in the mix. They're five and a half games behind the wild card, who are in front of the Colorado Rockies and San Diego Padres by only a couple games. So... And the second-to-last place team in the National League are the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are only ten games behind the wild card, but have to jump out in front of like nine other teams. So basically, I'm going to look at the top top three teams who are vying for the second wild card spot. Actually, technically, the top four because there's a three-way tie for the wild card right now. All almost basically the same record in the National League. Got St. Louis up top, only a half a game in front of the first place wild card spot at 58 and 52. Then you got the Philadelphia 50. 50- Phillies at 58 and 53 in the AL East and the Washington Nationals at 58 and 53 in the East as well. And you can tell that there's no team in the West cause you got the Dodgers absolutely exploding on other teams in the West, which makes it almost impossible. Um, for some of the West teams to be in the mix, but the one West team that's in the mix of a wild card right now, who is 500 and, two and a half games back of it, is the San Francisco Giants, and also Arizona Diamondbacks, 56 and 56, and then the Milwaukee Brewers, who are 57, and 56, two games behind the last wild card spot. Okay, looking at the pitching matchups now for next three games. It's interleague matchup at Wrigley Field. Some uh, tonight, you got Kyle Hendricks, and uh, for the Athletics, I'm not completely familiar with this guy as i'm pulling up his um his page it's chris bassett a right-handed pitcher who's currently seven and five with a 3.84 era hendrix is coming into this game with a 3.07 era and an eight and eight record on tuesday we're gonna see uh john lester who's nine and seven with a 3.86 era against the athletics left-handed pitcher starting pitcher um brett anderson who um a veteran pitcher he's nine and seven this year with a 4.404 both pitchers for that game is nine and seven so maybe i'd say a good pitching matchup on tuesday night at wrigley at 705 start and then you got a wednesday afternoon game at 120 with the athletics and cubs uh the cubs are gonna be quintana and bailey what's funny about that matchup is both (laughs) both uh pitchers are also nine and seven so you got two straight starts with both pitchers starting at nine and seven, which is pretty funny. Um, so two straight starts, nine and seven pitchers, um, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Um looking at Monday. Is anyone nine and seven? No, but Kyle Hendricks is close. He's eight and eight. Um, okay. So that's that. That's baseball. Um, I, I, I'm looking just forward to the next week and Cubs. You know, look, let's look forward to what Chicago Cubs baseball looks like in the next week before I end the baseball segment. I don't want to, I don't want to end it too abruptly here. Uh, I want to make sure I get all I wanted to say in, because then the Cubs go back on the road. And I was talking about how how important these road wins are going to be for the Cubs, especially teams in their own division. You got the Reds, who they're going to, who the Cubs are going to play with, you got on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. So four games on the road, and then the Cubs get a day off next Monday. So by the time you hear my voice next, the Cubs will be finished with their four-game set on the road against. Cincinnati, so then we'll talk about what's to come next next week on next week's Monday Madness show, which always starts at 11 o'clock right here on Radio DePaul, radio.depaul.edu. It is Radio DePaul Chicago's College Connection. On behalf of Radio DePaul Sports up in the loop, Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. My name is Noah Festenstein. This is Monday Madness Sports Talk. That was the baseball segment you just listened to. It is currently 1124.00. On this beautiful Monday morning here in Chicago, Lincoln Park is the location. Um, I'll take you guys to a break, but when I come back, I got That's Madness coming up. This is going to be the uh, Madness for the rest of the show up until one. This is Monday Mass Sports Talk. We'll be back in about a minute. Stay tuned.
1: I'm voting because I want to make sure that everyone feels welcome in our country.
0: I vote because my parents can't.
1: I vote because. I really hate decisions being made without my input. I vote because I want to say in my future. I vote because I want my voice heard. I'm voting because the future of this city matters to me. I'm voting because everyone always talks about how bad things are. I want to make them better. I vote for the future. So why do you vote? Tuesday, November 6th, is Midterm Election Day, and your vote is your voice. To find your polling place in Chicago, visit chicagoelections.com. This message was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. Jolly Oak Granola provides the perfect snack for when you're on the go. With guilt free ingredients and a resealable bag, Jolly Oak Granola makes snacking convenient and good for you. Based in Chicago, Jolly Oak bakes delicious and healthy granola in flavors from your childhood, like almond butter and jelly, nuts for s'mores, oatmeal cookie, and cocoa cocoa. Available on Amazon and in select stores near you. Visit jollyoak.com today to learn more. This message brought to you by Jolly Oak and Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. Please make a connection. This is bulletin. The stop for Radio DePaul, your Chicago College Connection. All right,
0: welcome back. It's Monday Man of Sports Talk right here. Radio.depaul.edu. This is Chicago's College Connection. And bringing me into this segment is one of the songs I'll be playing today on Beyond the Madness. It's a remix of Londo Looking forward to that. All right. Before... Anything? I just want to remind you guys: you are listening to Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection, and on behalf of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of DePaul Blue Demons. My name is Noah Festenstein with Money Man Sports Talk. On until about what, twelve o'clock, maybe a little past, since I started like three minutes later today. Um, but regardless, I got a That's Madness segment coming up. It's right now. Um, I want to just get a couple things because there's the reason why I want to have this segment is um, I want to talk about some moral things kind of like more like to kind of digest certain things I see throughout the week like like little snippet facts that I see throughout the week and I like I get so emotional about these little facts I always want to like bring them up on my radio show and say that's madness because this fact is madness um so I haven't really put much research into this um but apparently I I don't know what's his, his name his name is Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna start off with esports right now, um, cause I don't talk a lot about esports on the show very much, um, so I don't really know how to start it, um, but I I I I love video gaming. I I get competitive with it. I was very competitive with it when I was like, um, in my teenage years playing Call of Duty on my Xbox Live and. Uh, all that good stuff. I love playing sports games and all that stuff. Um, but I don't get it competitive as people who make millions upon millions and millions of dollars doing it. Um, it's a very, very, very broad market that eSports is in. And why I think that's madness is that people can get paid even more than certain professional athletes do that get paid millions and millions of dollars upon contract. Um this guy, and I think a lot of video gamers know him. I think most, all competitive video gamers know him. Uh, is goes by the name Ninja. It's Richard Tyler Blevins, Blevins um, who is an American streamer. Started his whole whole shebang, I think, on Twitch, um, which uh, I've used myself before, and it works uh, if you're good at it. And Ninja was good at it, and that's what he. Um, presents himself as. I haven't done much research on his gameplay or how he plays, but uh, I have done research on like the type of contracts that he, he has. Apparently he... So, I'm looking... Let's look up his sponsorships. Because um, this guy... Uh, the reason why I want to put this on That's Madness is because the ridiculous amount of money that this guy makes uh, is insane. I'm trying to find the Saber metric that I found... I will find that for you and I will say it to you on the radio. But um, the reason why I say that's madness to the amount of money people make on video gaming is you're, you're you're making millions playing video games. And yes, you're very good at it. You're very competitive with it. And it's a very niche market. Um, and a lot of money, a lot of revenue at least, goes into the market of eSports gaming and all that good jazz. Um, that It's just like, almost distracting to other sports who players don't get paid as much all right so i'm trying that's and that's why i want to find this fact i can't find this sabermetrics fact um but here don't worry i will get there yes i found it okay um so and i mentioned it already so since ninja started so tyler blevin's Started his started on Twitch and obviously Twitch is huge. He's, I think he's getting sponsored by Twitch. But if he moves over to a, he can he can switch his contract from Twitch to a different streaming service by the name of Mixer, um, which has been rumored recently according to certain social media platforms. Um, he'd be making that. So if he made this switch, he wouldn't be making singular millions of dollars. He wouldn't be making. 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, not even close. He wouldn't even be making 100 million. He'd be making almost a billion dollars making this switch. A billion dollars. If Ninja was to make this switch from Twitch to Mixer, he's going to earn $932 million with this switch. And that is more than the career earnings of these four players in the NFL, at least. Um, Payne Manning. Eli Manning, Drew Brees, and John, Tom Brady combined. All Hall of Fame quarterbacks. All, I'm just looking, I mean, yes, the NFL, I will say the argument is all most NFL players are not paid as much as the other professional players because of the amount of games they play. But you're talking about four Hall of Fame potential quarterbacks, um, and then you talk about a guy who plays video games for a living making More than those four combined in their entire careers. That's insane. That's madness. That's madness. How... I looked at that stat and I was like... I gotta present this on my show and talk about esports. Because I really don't think... um, before I get into this next point, I'm gonna remind you guys it's eleven thirty. You're listening to Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection on behalf of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your to Blue Demons is Money Man Sports Talk with your good friend Noah Festenstein. Okay. So you you talk about how much one can make money, and I I have a I, I have a passion for the amount of money that somebody can make that means too much. And that's a little hot take here. It's not really a sports hot take, but I think there is should be a maximum to how many people how much money one can make doing something specific. And I think video games you shouldn't be making that much money. Uh, yes, the market is massive. I understand that. Um but you talk about esports and the culture behind it. Um I just don't think that's worth nine hundred thirty-two million dollars. Not even more than five hundred. I don't. I don't think anyone needs that much money. Not even a twenty-eight-year-old kid who's from Detroit. I'm sorry. That just man. That's madness to me. I, I. More than the combined earnings of Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. I. I don't know. That's madness. Uh huh. I will, I will I will continue talking esports sometime. I'll probably even have some guests on in terms of talking esports um, probably during the year because um, I am a big fan of our esports program here at DePaul University. Great. They have like two locations. I think there's one right here in the basement of U-Haul, um, right across the street, right across the hall from the radio station. There's an esports lab that I see a lot of kids go to a lot when I walk into the radio station. Not a lot during the summer, of course, but during the school year, there's a good amount of people who play video games here at DePaul, and I heavily respect that. I, I don't want to be misleading with you know those points I just made about the amount of money, but you you have to fully comprehend how much money that is just by making a switch from sponsorship to sponsorship that's it's insane um i respect ninja tyler i respect him as a video gamer uh, like i said i don't watch his gameplays i i'm not I, that's not my type of thing but um when you talk about money and you talk about the way one can earn that uh that specific amount of money um i just don't know if that's more if that's just I'm trying to find the right word if that's like fair in a way I don't know I just don't know I, I'm, I'm questioning the fairness of being paid During something specific in the sports realm Alright uh, I want to move on to the next topic I, I, I said that I want to talk about um, What was it? The X Games? Yeah, the X Games um, Someone hit a 1260 For the first time on a skateboard A 1260 at the X Games That's madness That fact alone is madness Um Uh, I didn't do as much um, I I, I mean I skateboarded as a kid uh, And I can tell you right now and then I suck still now Um, But It's really insane that someone Like to think that how hard it is Just even hit a 180 A 1260 On a half pipe um, Who hit the 1260 At the X Games I just want to know the name of the person who did it um this was recently. Here, I think I got the audio for it too. I might as well just play it. Um so here it is. Yeah. So um I'm going to play the audio for this. It is Mitchie Brusco um which is the first ever Big Air 1260. So that's the event, the Big Air. Um this is in Minneapolis very recently. I think this happened like a couple days ago. Yeah. So take a listen to this. Oh, not not the song! Don't don't listen to the song. That's for later. Um, (laughs) uh, I usually do that. I forget that my music is on, and then I. All right, I'm gonna play this audio. Just take a listen. This is me, Mitchie Brusco's uh, 1260 at the X Games, and it's not playing. Where is the audio? I'm literally playing it on YouTube. All right, I'll find it. I'll find it on my phone, so I'll play it. Um I don't know why it's, the audio is not playing. Technical difficulties are a wonderful thing at radio stations. Um but I want to talk about it afterwards. So I got I got to be quick. Um but I remember when I was skateboarding, I I went I went to a skate park. I actually usually rollerbladed um when I when I went to skate parks cuz I'm I'm I I okay, I will I'm I'm going to avoid total arrogance here, but I I am very good at at rollerblading. I played a lot of hockey when I was um big air 1260 yeah I was playing okay I'm typing the video in um yeah I was playing a lot of hockey and then there was like a skate park right next to the hockey rink um that I really enjoyed going to and I almost broke an ankle doing it I had broken my ankle before playing volleyball out of all sports volleyball I broke my ankle um but I mean I'm surprised that I, I still don't do it as much as I used to, but I think the X Games can get me in the mood. All right, here we go. Um, so I have the audio on my phone. I'm going to play this. This is, once again, just take two. It's actually technically take three. Um, Mitchie Brusco's first ever big my air. Giant.
1: I don't think he's going to stop until he puts this thing down. This could be it. Oh, a little low on the landing, but he's got it. Oh, my oh, gosh! Mitch, he just lands the... What is going on? Okay. Knights of it. Columbus. And he he sketched off the gap and it just put him in a a good speed position. I don't believe what I have seen. And look how focused he is right there. That is incredible. I don't Look I mean that's Okay, a
0: lot so his head you could uh, obviously tell from the reaction of the commentators how insane that move was. He didn't have like like considering that Mitchie didn't even have a good jump off that big air first initial jump, he did a three sixty twirl going into that move. I think actually never mind, it was a one eighty. Uh, and then he had a little bit of a, a a sulky landing, and then all of a sudden out of the nowhere comes up with a twelve sixty. I don't remember the last time that I was that impressed, ever since Tony Hawk, um, for the first time, I think, on the half pipe hit that type of move. Um, It was a flip It was like a 920 flip Um, Tony Hawk First ever What was it That was like That was Yeah that was like the 1080 flip That was I remember that moment Um, That was the first ever 900 That Tony Hawk That was like the last time I was ever that impressed With someone doing a move um, At the X Games um, Was that 980 That Tony Hawk hit for the first time ever, but this this right here is a, a whole new level. Um, so putting some attention to skateboarding and X Games, which I don't do often. Which I um, always like to do some other sports now and then here on Monday Madness Sports Talk. All right, it's 11:40. I got like I want to talk about the DePaul situation here. I was going to do some soccer, um, but I, I'm going to probably save that until next week or maybe the week after. Um, I want to talk about this DePaul situation, not not kind of like to the extent I did last week. I don't know as many more details than I did last week about this situation, but putting it back to light, the um, Paul basketball is put up on three years probation um, because of recruitment violations, small recruitment violations that were to the knowledge of Coach Dave Lato, who is now suspended three games for the start of the season, um, which I really don't think is going to play as much dividends as people think. I mean, yes, the resume to the recruitment. Um, campaign for what DePaul basketball has and what they've instilled the past three years will now have to be put under closer watch in the next three years, which is totally understandable if one commits a small violation. Um they wanna I think the NCAA needs to make sure that teams for the next three years of recruiting for the next generation of college players that go through the organization needs to be as natural as possible. Um and I I and I'm very a strong component of that. And I'm not I I just to to be at the school that this has happened to I don't want to say that it's embarrassing at all because it's it's really not I mean it's really a recruitment to me it's not I I listened to I want to shed light on one of the guys who did a very good podcast on this that I'm not going to steal any information from because it was that good Um, Lawrence Holmes who is a professor here at our um, At DePaul University, who I was actually one of my first professors coming here uh, after I transferred from Harper College, uh, was that Lawrence Holmes was one of the first great sports talk guys I talked to. Very close with him. He did a podcast on his podcast. You can look it up on the Internet. It's free. Uh, It's called The House of L Podcast. Tune into that. And check out his podcast recently about the situation for DePaul basketball and its probation. Because he's a huge DePaul basketball fan, huge DePaul basketball fan. And he provides good, great, professional, uh, mature perspective on the situation. And I might myself want to delve deep into the situation as, as well. Maybe as the school year goes on, maybe I'll bring someone in to talk about it. Because I, I really think that the school needs to understand that, I mean, yes, as much as it's a violation, we're still we still can be one of the strongest orga- basketball organizations in the Big East, considering that we did a pretty pretty good job last year in terms of performance, being for the first time since like two thousand six seven that the the Paul Blue Demons were above five hundred in the basketball season. So um, that's just interesting to me. All right, so that's my little brief little spiel. Uh, check out the House of L podcast with Lawrence Holmes. Um, I think it's really good. Shout out to you, Lawrence. Well, a lot of my skills that I have now have been taught from Lawrence Holmes, so thank you to him. He's uh, seven to the score. Chicago, who is on at least, I think he's on in like 15 minutes, actually. So if you want to listen to Lawrence Holmes after my sports talk show, he starts on six seventy to the score at 12 o'clock today. So um, you can t- check him out as well. Or, you know, check out Beyond the Madness. Um, have them both be on at the same time. I don't care. <laughs> Beyond the Madness, it starts at 12 o'clock. Um, right here on radio.depaul.edu. But before that, I still got some more sports talk to go. We got like 18 minutes left. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk briefly when to come back from this break about Chicago Bears training camp. Uh, and then I'm going to get back into some UFC um, from the night that we saw on Saturday night. So I got a couple more topics to tackle. Right here. Literally tackle. I'm going to tackle some football right as I get back from this break. You are listening to that Money Man at Sports Talk right here. Radio.depaul.edu. Chicago's College Connection on behalf of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.
1: Wish you could bring Radio DePaul with you everywhere you go? Well, now you can with the Radio DePaul mobile app. Download this easy-to-use, free app from the App Store or Google Play to listen live. With the portability of a phone and the simplicity of pushing buttons, Radio DePaul satisfies all your audio needs straight from your pocket. From the main station to sports, news, and podcasts, your entertainment options are endless. Download now and try not to break your phone in excitement. This message brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. The blood that
0: runs through my veins can help a soccer player stay kicking,
1: can help a mother stay with her child, can help a car accident victim stay alive, or it could just stay in my veins. Donating blood can lead to a world of possibilities. One donation may save up to three lives. Give blood. As a student, as a student, as a student of DePaul University, you are a part of the largest, largest, largest Catholic university in the U.S. You're a part of a university that's been recognized for having one of the most diverse, diverse, diverse student bodies. Calling Chicago our home means you have an unlimited, unlimited, unlimited source of opportunities for fun, hands on learning, and service, all in a world class city. DePaul, DePaul, DePaul,
0: many Many dreams,
1: one one mission. Up late studying for exams? Oh, man. Chill out with genre hours overnight on weeknights. On Mondays, we've got punk, Tuesdays indie, Wednesdays classic rock, and Thursdays jazz. That's over 10 hours of great music starting at midnight. Genre hours only on Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. All right, welcome back. My name is Sports
0: Talk. Radio.dePaul.edu. Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection on behalf of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons bringing me in will be one of the songs I'm playing later on with Beyond the Madness Hostage, the Ghost Remix of Dan Rell and Smallin we're going to be playing that later on after the 12 o'clock hour got a lot planned for that show got 10, shong, 10 tropical songs to play for you guys later on but for now I got some Bears training camp to talk about um, and earlier today uh, Chicago Bears posted a video, at least on the score um, and what I've said about the Bears draft pick, first draft pick that they had in the third round was that of running back David Montgomery to take the place basically of Jordan Howard who was traded this past offseason for the Chicago Bears and I'm looking at this video right now and I'm looking at, I'm, I'm watching it for the first time, I'm watching David Montgomery run through one, two, three. Four people He broke four tackles In Bears training camp Against one of the best defenses In the league Like the fact that like A running back can say That he's practicing Against an elite defense That the Chicago Bears Have right now It's only making him a better football player. And I'm looking at him as our starting runner back, as the starting running back for the Chicago Bears right now because of the amount of times that David Montgomery can break a tackle. Fact, David Montgomery last year in the NCAA football had the most broken tackles in the entire NCAA. So with that said, it's not a surprise that you're seeing this kind of stuff from David Montgomery. He's an absolute beast. Um, Another big point to point out from Bears training camp is that of um, Mitchell Trubisky making his um, putting in his numbers and uh, you know working very closely with Matt Nagy, who is a former offensive coordinator um, at, of course, for the Kansas City um, Chiefs. He worked closely with Patrick Mahomes, who is this, who's the reigning MVP, um, and having that work closely in the second years of Bayer's training camp um, is very important. Uh, Also, another big note to point out from Bears training camp is that of our own beloved Chicago Bears, uh, probably number one defender, Cleo Mack, um, who has actually um, ranked number three in the top 100 this year, um, voted by peers of players in the NFL. Um, Cleo Mack is number three in terms of best players in the entire league. I think Drew Brees and Josh Donald are the only players up in front of him. But regardless, Khalil Mack is on a team that, um, with his efforts, his great efforts, uh, everything that he does correctly is only going to make everything so much better, um, for Chicago Bears football. Uh, it, it is Khalil Mack's first Bears training camp, um, and he celebrated at the beginning of August. Um, he's going to celebrate very soon, I think, his one year anniversary of being traded, um, to the Chicago Bears. Um, and I think on Bears training camp the other day, I think was Thursday um, of last week, he deflected a pass in the air and then snagged it for a very, quote, impressive interception um, that um, basically caused a huge, huge um, um, applause from the crowd that was there at Bears training camp in Burbanis, Illinois. Um, but it's great to see that Cleo Mack is doing his thing at Bears training camp Okay, so then now you got Thursday, a matchup um, between the Chicago Bears and Atlanta Falcons. Um, we saw a game last week with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it was the – what was this? The Hall of Fame game between the Denver Bron- Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. Broncos won 14-10, to so basically the first basically game of the season that doesn't count. Um, but then you look at other games that we are going to see in this week um, – like I said the Bears Are Are they gonna be at home this week if I'm correct Yes Actually no they're not playing the Falcons What am I talking about They're playing the Panthers Of course I messed that up I said that at the beginning of the show too In my intro that the Bears will be playing the Falcons So I was embarrassing but that's okay We are, we know we found out We pinpointed my mistakes uh, The Bears will be facing the Panthers at home On Thursday at 7 o'clock for NFL preseason Um I also have myself – I won't be able to watch that game, only the beginning of it. I got a softball game on Thursday. Speaking of which, shout-out to my softball team. Past our prime. We made the playoffs in our league in Vernon Hills. I'm very happy about it. Uh, As the uh, shortstop, I would like to say, um, you know, doing great. It's like, okay, if anybody doesn't play softball or does any, like, summer leagues or any sport, I can't tell you how much fun it is uh, just to, like, socialize with your teammates and just have a lot of fun During uh, One of my most Fun moments already this season Was playing a bunch of frat guys From Iowa um, who Who's here for the summer And they were like 21, 22 year olds And we just killed them um, Like 18 to 2 or something And they were being all very cocky And stuff So that, that's the Most fun times Is to beat cocky fraternity, fraternity boys In softball In men's league softball Where my team is Has an average of 40 years old Um and we were able to beat up on a bunch of 20-year-old, 21-year-olds um, Who think that they're all that But that's okay, I'm taking my anger out on the radio show That's okay uh, <laughs> Alright, I'm going to take a 30 second A quick one, we're going to get some UFC Afterwards as we conclude the show This is Monday Man of Sports Talk Right here on radio.depaul.edu Radio Paul Chicago's college, college Connection On behalf of Radio De, uh, Radio DePaul Sports Student Voice of Paul Blue Demons Be back in just a bit, stay tuned
1: Chicago's College Connection is Radio DePaul. The historic Route 66 was finally connected on November 26, 1926. The road is 2,448 miles long and starts in the great city of Chicago. The route then goes through eight states and ends in Los Angeles. The route is no longer in commission with the advent of larger interstate highways. However, the road is still seen as a national landmark and historians connect it with the growth of America. This was the Weekly Wow on Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. Okay,
0: welcome back. This is Monday of Sports Talk with your host, Noah Festenstein. That is myself right here on the beautiful stream waves of radio.depaul.edu. Radio DePaul Chicago's College Connection on behalf of Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. All right, I want to talk about UFC and the fight night we saw on Saturday night. Um, it was the main event between Colby Covington and Robbie Lawler. Uh, before I talk about that fight, yeah, I want a very notable co-main event in the lightweight division. Two UFC Hall of Famers went at it uh, and combined most UFC appearances between these two fighters, 59 to be exact. It was between Jim Miller, who is 31 and 13, against Clay Guida, 35 and 19. Clay Gita, an Illinois native. Did not pull off the win. He lost in about a minute, almost a minute by submission. It was by triangle choke. Um, and those will get you. Yeah, he, he he put himself in a very weird spot throwing a punch. He Went down for the takedown and was caught up in between the legs of Jim Miller. And that was that for the co-main event. But really, the main event that we saw went a full five rounds, full five minutes er, per round, 25-minute fight we saw as a decision was a full-on display Basically, a demolition display on behalf of Colby Covington at the welterweight main event. This was a bad blood fight, and that's one of my favorite types of fights. And if it's a bad blood, ah, a bad blood fight that is not on pay per view and really on ESPN that no one has to pay a, a, a subscription for, it's a really good fight. Um, Robbie Lawler, twenty eight and fourteen veteran, um, former champion, um, did not come out. Well, he came out strong. He did. Uh, but Colby Covington came out very prepared. Um the, Robbie Lawler has a left hand of his own and that mi- th- like his left hand has a mind of its own and it will cause so much damage which it did on Colby Covington. Colby Covington took uh 78 significant strikes to the uh, mostly to the face, but he I mean the amount of endurance um destruction the amount of endurance that Colby Covington has and the amount of power that is displayed, that can be displayed on Kobe Covington, and he can stand his feet, is insane. Do I know what's also insane? Is Kobe Covington had five hundred and forty-one total strikes? That's about over an average of over a hundred strikes per round. And out of those total strikes, two hundred and one of those were landed. And out of those two hundred one. Of those landed strikes, 179 of them were significant strikes. And guess what else? Ten takedowns. Ten takedowns, okay. I wrestled for seven years. And I can't even tell enough. Just, like, enough. How important it is to wrestle. And there was a little bit of a disparity, especially in the welterweight class. There's just some disparities between... um certain weight classes that wrestling isn't as impactful but in the wild to weight class it's important and Colby Covington is just one of the best wrestlers I've seen he's uh, I think a you uh, he was like a champion at Oregon um, I think years upon years ago he wrestled for Oregon a long time ago um, very 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 passionate about him being a part of America's top team he's like a captain of America's top team who which of course Robbie Lawler used to be a part of which is actually is the catalyst to the bad blood here Robbie Lawler left top team, America's top team, which Colby Covington was the captain of, and he was like, you made a big mistake, bro, and he uh, challenged him to fight, and he won that fight by a resounding yes, um, and he, because of that, Colby Covington's very, very patriotic, very, very MAGA-oriented, make America great again. The Trumps were in the—not not Donald Trump, but I think his sons were in the building for the fight— like front row, and I think after Colby Covington won, he pointed at them, he acknowledged them. Um, so like very big, b- big on that. But um, that's just not my type of fighter. I mean, not because of, of his beliefs, just, he's just I, as much as I am very impressed by his wrestling and his ability to take someone down and mix uh, the way the way that Colby Covington was able to mix his wrestling and his boxing together was impeccable. Like you don't. A fighter needs to have... Of course, it's called mixed martial arts for a reason, folks. You have to have that versatility. You have to have that Muay Thai, maybe a little bit of karate. You have to have that wrestling and that boxing. Boxing is important when you're throwing strikes in the neutral stance. And guess what Colby Covington can do is he literally mixes boxing. He was well, At one point, he was coming up for a high kick on one of the takedowns. He came up for a high kick, which is a pretty good move now of late, of course, that we saw from Jorge Masvidal against Ben Askren, who was trying to go in for a takedown. Um... Rest in peace to Ben Askren for that one. Um, But in terms of, like, throwing a knee, um, and he threw, like, Kobe Covington at one point threw a knee, faked the knee throw, and went down for a takedown. Went down into a double-leg takedown. Boom. That's, like, points for him. And now he's in control. He literally was in control the entire fight because he was able to take Robbie Lawler down. Robbie Lawler couldn't... couldn't activate his own wrestling. Robbie Lawler couldn't really throw in the left hand cuz Colby Covington was moving all around. He was putting up uh putting up Robbie Lawler against the cage. It just wasn't comfortable for Robbie Lawler at any point of this fight uh and it was just a very resounding win for Colby Covington. Um especially in a bad blood fight that he wanted to win. He deserves a fight against now champion welterweight champion Kamar Usman, which would be a fantastic fight for me. Uh they were um Apparently Kamar Usman was joined joining the ESPN broadcast. Um and what what the ESPN broadcast usually does is after the main event fight ends, uh the winner goes up to the booth and has an interview. And of course, Kamar Usman is at that interview and we are, I think most all UFC fans should be anticipating a Kamar Usman Colby Covington welterweight championship fight. Uh and both of those two men after Colby, literally immediately after Colby Covington's win was sitting like five feet apart from each other, talking smack to each other. Um, literally Colby Covington was like, yeah, they're like you, you're you're nothing. You're soft. You, you got nothing on I me. Mean, you should be scared of me kind of thing. Like in, uh, instilling fear in Kamar Usman, who I really think can win this fight against Colby Covington. Uh, If you can match the wrestling of Colby Covington, you can compete with him. And Kamara Usman is one of the best wrestlers uh, in all combined weight classes, pound for pound. Even, I mean, you talk pound for pound, you talk Colby Covington, too. So, like, with all this being said and anticipating this fight between Covington and Usman, uh, it's going to be one heck of a fight because you got two fighters that have an immense amount of skill combined, versatility, striking ability, um, takedown ability, defense, everything—it's going to be a good fight. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. That's something I would even pay myself for a pay-per-view event. Is a like singularly is a Kamara Usman and Kobe Covington fight. And if anything, I think maybe the loser or winner should face off against Tyrone Woodley. I think Woodley might be able to get a chance in the welterweight. Actually, never mind. I talk about a guy like Jorge Masvidal. I already talked about on this podcast uh, broadcast today. Uh, Jorge Masvidal should be one of those guys uh, to maybe fight for a title. Or maybe even face off against a loser between Colby Covington and um, Kamar Usman should that fight happen. Uh, uh, but that's that. That's UFC. Um, very happy I was able to squeeze that in. I squeezed everything I wanted to in today's show in. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. It was a fantastic show today. And guess what? I'm on for an even longer amount of time. I got one more hour. It's going to be Beyond the Madness. Got some tropical music playing today. Going to sit back, relax, enjoy the music. Not a lot of talk, just a lot of music today. I'm going to enjoy it. It's a beautiful day out in Chicago, so might as well crank up the radio and take a bike ride down on Lakeshore Drive and listen on the Radio DePaul app. The Radio DePaul app, download it. Check out the Radio DePaul stream. You also got the Radio DePaul sports stream that should be activated more so as the school year will... um, as when the school year starts. Um, but download the Radio DePaul app. Lip, listen up. You can listen to my beautiful tropical music segment on your bike ride, on your walk, at the beach, wherever you are on this beautiful Monday afternoon, in the office, wherever you are. Um, enjoy the next segment. But for now, that's the end of Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein with Monday Man of Sports Talk. I'll see you for Sports Talk next week, same time, 11 to 12, right here, Radio DePaul. Radio.dePaul.edu, Radio Paul Chicago. Chicago's College Connection and Radio DePaul Sports on behalf of such. Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in.